I feel like I've already been to church. <laughs> this is great. Man, it's good to be in this new place, that, uh, in the journey that God has us, right? And uh, believe me, as, as um, here, and I don't, I don't know exactly where the, where the school is at in, in their process with, with the, all the construction team and everything, but once construction starts over there, you'll really be glad we're over here. So, but uh, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's good, good to be with you. I know I've been gone some, you know, we've, we've been out and about and, and uh, things are, things are uh, picking up again. And I was, um, Joanne and I, we, we just got back from California from being at a pastor's conference. Yes, California. And uh, of course, they were very jealous for the freedom that we have here. In the great nation of Texas, <laughs> and uh, as soon as they find out we're from Texas, like oh, you know, it's like. Uh, but they've run out of U-Hauls, and some of them can't get here yet. So, but uh, we uh, we've got uh, some great things happening um, here uh, at the Life Church. I've I've got lots of our lots of our our different missions work and different things. I've uh, this week. Uh, Bulgaria reached out to us, and and uh, we had been helping them earlier on in the pandemic. And they were building a building, getting into a building. Actually, acquired that property. We helped do that initially, and then with some of the build out, and they're they're asking us to come. We uh, this this morning, I had had uh, Gerson from uh, the Philippines. Is like, woo! They've lifted all the all the restrictions. Come visit. <laughs> And uh, so there's, there's, there's great things happening. We, we do believe that. And yet there's a lot of tension, a lot of stuff going on in the world too. You know, if you, you know, don't watch too much news, man, <laughs> it'll mess you up. So get, make sure that you uh, offset that. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in prayer. Stay in that place of His presence. And I really want to talk to you about that today. I... I um, Recently, just just uh, brought this word in San Angelo, and and uh, was looking at, at something maybe different here, and and I just couldn't get away from it. I really I feel like that this is one of those that it doesn't miss. I want to talk to us today about faith for the storm, because Jesus promised us that the storms of life will come. Now I know that. That's not one of those Christian fortune cookie things that we pull out and go, yes, yay, Jesus, you promised there's a storm coming. <laughs> that's, that's not uh, something that we would uh, rejoice in. But he said that's the reality, is that storms are, are, are going to be part of life. And so what I have found is just kind of personally is he either, either um, I'm Coming out of a storm, I'm in a storm, or I'm headed to a storm. <laughs> you know, and uh, and let's let's hope that some of the predictions. You know, I saw one this morning. You know, that with some of the weather coming, they were like, "Snowmageddon two is on its way." It's like, no, <laughs> we don't want that again. We uh, <laughs> that was bad enough last last February, wasn't it? And so we're we're uh, just just be praying that 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 doesn't hit and settle in you know and set in like it did last year that was terrible, but uh, but just thinking about that 
you know, in those kind of storms and all the different things that we face. And sometimes I think that we can um, overlook the fact that, because here, here's the thing, I, just, just in my theology, I don't, I don't see that, that God does harm or bad to us to teach us a lesson. But the reality is, we live in a fallen world, among a fallen people, and bad stuff does happen. We face those things. So how do we, how do we bring that together then to where we recognize that there are bad things that happen, and there are storms of life that we face, and how do we involve God in that where we don't get bitter, we don't get... We don't somehow blame God. We don't turn against him. Believe me, if you're in a storm, you don't want to turn against God. You want to make sure that, that you are evoking him, his presence, his involvement in that situation to help get you through that. And, and so, um, you know, whenever I, whenever I think about these, these kinds of situations, think about storms of life and think about maneuvering through that, there, there's some things that, that come to mind. Um, sometimes we can bring a storm upon ourselves because of our bad choices, bad decisions. Not one amen? Come on. Have, or maybe it should have been, oh, me. <laughs> How many of you, you, you know you're suffering that in that situation because you didn't make a good, wise decision? You shouldn't have bought that. <laughs> you shouldn't have charged that up on that credit card. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have. Come on. We can all, I think, probably come together and go, yeah. But and, and here's, here's, here's the thing that you need to be aware of. So many times, if we're not careful, when we start experiencing a storm of life, we create a secondary storm because we do make a bad decision in the midst of that storm. And let me, let me, let me go to where, where I want to go now. But what if also Jesus sent us into the storm? I want to read a passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, starting verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Notice what Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. <laughs> One of the other gospels says, on a pillow. <laughs> he had a nice pillow bed. He, he, he snuggled right in and went smooth to sleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water. And we're in jeopardy. <laughs> Come on, how many of you ever felt like 
Okay, Lord, can you see what's really happening here? This isn't looking too good. Did you also hear that doctor's report? Do you see the situation that has happened in my life? How many of you have also been part of a storm that you're in the storm because somebody else's stupidity or bad choice, right? I remember the storm that the Apostle Paul, when he's there and he's trying to, you know, he's being taken to Rome and he's there and that centurion is, is there and, and they, they were sailing at a time, it says, when sailing should have been over, done. And yet, the owner and the ship captain was determined, we're going to sail. <laughs> I mean, you've been around somebody like that. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> and you're along for the ride. But that wasn't your choosing. But you're stuck in that situation, and you're having to be part of that. That's where the Apostle Paul was. Now, later on, they came to their senses, and they listened to Paul <laughs> so that their lives were at least spared. But there are times also in life that you're going to find that sometimes you end up in a situation because someone else made a bad decision, and yet it affects you. See, it doesn't matter. Let me try and just bring it. It it doesn't matter how the storm came, what brought the storm. What there's something else that I believe God is looking for. For us in the midst of this. Because the reality is, Jesus, do you think Jesus was shocked by, oh man, there's a storm? You know, when they woke him up, you think he came out of there going, man, well, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that, you know, I thought it was just going to be smooth sailing. Well, some of you, you, you may have made Jesus the Lord of your life, and, and you're like, okay, now... The, the, the addiction's broke, and this is dealt with, and that's dealt with, and you're thinking from here out it's just got to be smooth sailing. But that's not always the case. It's not the reality. Is there are, and, and, and listen, I don't want this to be a downer because on the other side of the storm, through the storm, God is wanting to demonstrate himself in his power and manifest who he really is to us and give us victory and give us the, the, the when, we, when you break out the other side and to where there's things that happen in life's journey when you do face these storms and you weather those storms with faith and trust in him that, that it forges something in you. And where you do have those testimonies, things that we sing about this morning to where you can also go, yeah, look, but God. And here Jesus sends them into the storm. And so now they feel like they're perishing. And so they, they, they go to him and, and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And then, then he arose and rebuked the wind. And the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. 
There's places in life where there is calm, there is joy, there, there is victory, there is breakthrough. Life is not just one continuous storm. Unless you keep making bad decisions. <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> yeah, now, now if you're living the life of Jonah right now and you're not serving Jesus... <laughs> You're running from God. Come on, Peter wrote, the way of the transgressor is hard. Sometimes when I hear Christians say, man, serving Jesus is so hard. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. There's a grace. The way of the transgressor is hard is what Peter said. For Jonah, it was hard. It was difficult. Even though he made it through the storm, he got... You know, swallowed up by a fish and spit out on the shore. And, you know, you just follow that all the way through. I mean, it's like, don't be Jonah. You have a continuous storm. <laughs> but there is breakthrough. There is victory. And, yes, Jesus can bring calm. But ultimately, was there something more that was supposed to happen in this story? Because, yes, Jesus can calm the wind, the raging water. Aren't you glad? But what if Jesus was expecting his disciples to respond differently in this situation and to life's storms? I think he was because of the way he responded. It, it says that when he arose, he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and, it, and they ceased. But he said to them, where is your faith? <laughs> where is your faith? I don't know about you, but that's, that's sometimes when I think about life's journey and the things that we have even personally faced of coming back to that of, where is my faith? What am I really trusting in? Because if we're not careful, especially in the world right now and in the craziness and all the stuff... You, you need to be careful that your, your faith, your trust, and, and where you're putting your faith is not in the wrong things. That we are anchored with our faith in God. Where is your faith? See, he had already been walking with these disciples for a while now. He, they had seen miracles. He, he had talked to them and taught them about how to pray, how to live their faith, how to... And, and so by now, Jesus begins to express a little bit of irritation because they're still wearing their pampers. <laughs> they, 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 you know, he, his expectation is that they, a little more here, okay, you know, 
you know, maybe you're not at my level right now, but all you're going to do is we're perishing. We're going to die. We're going to die. Is that it? Is that where you're really at in your life when you face a storm? That that's your response? So I want to talk to you real quick. What, what is this? So what, what would this look like? The first thing of where is your faith, I believe you need to know that you're in the will of God. Because if you are convinced you're in the will of God, I believe that you will you'll face the storms of life very different. If you're, if you're in the will of God, it, it just does something to you when you truly know that. Because for, for me, it's almost like that's, that's um, there's a foundation, there's a security. Because any major moves or anything that I have personally done or, or even in leading our church or other you know, our school organization, is I want a word from God. I want to know that I'm in his will. Now, I believe the Bible contains most of the will of God is already laid out. And he's never going to contradict his word. So don't get weird. If you're telling me God's telling you to do something and it contradicts what the Bible says, we're going to have us a problem. We'll have us a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> because he's not going to violate his word. And so most of it is already there. But there, there is still individually, and even for us corporately as a church, where, where, where we're, we're having to tune in to his leading, his guidance, what does he want, and, and where, where, are we, where we're at. And, and I'm real cautious about sharing some of my mission's um, experiences that... Um, would be concerning for someone to go on the mission field. Let me just put it that way. So, so I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to. For for, especially the wrong reasons, share stories that cause people to go. I'm glad glad you're going to the mission field, but not me. I don't want to scare anybody off. Because I've had some pretty wild stuff happen. And this morning, just, just getting ready, it, well, last night, it started last night. And, and part of it, you know, wearing this, this jacket this morning with core love. Because this is about, if you don't know it or not, this church supports ministries that, that um, care for orphans. And in Haiti, this is one of those ministries that's huge. Think about it. The, the island of Haley, Haiti, it's the poorest um, people group on, in the whole western hemisphere. It, out of 10 million on the island, 1 million are orphans. That's a lot of orphans. And what I love about Core Love is their boots on the ground. They, they, they live it. They work it. Mike Reisner, the founder, he was texting me last night. And we just, just relationship. 
wasn't anything about core love. It wasn't about, I can use some more money. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is a missions organization taking care of orphans. <laughs> it's, it's about a relationship that we have. And, but with that, you know, we had the opportunity to do a, a kind of a tour trip with, with Core Love and, and uh, see what they were doing. The moment we show up, we, we land in Haiti. And <laughs> we're leaving the airport, and there's lap poles knocked over, bent over. There's burning tires. There's stacks of tires. There's, there's all, all this stuff going, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, is that normal? <laughs> and then we realized there was a national alert that's, that just was issued from our defense department that said, do not travel to Haiti. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a little late. <laughs> we're already here. <laughs> and so we're, they, they hide us in this, this pastor's house there in Port-au-Prince, and we can't go outside, can't be seen. You know, I mean, how many realize? I mean, there was some that were just kidnapped not long ago that finally have been released. But, and, and so there was that danger and that element, and, and yet we're there, you know, for a couple of days, I don't know, three days, and, and it's like we're wanting to get to the orphanage. I mean, that's why we're there. We want to go see it. We want to spend time with the kids. Because it's not just an orphanage. I, I, it, I, I love what their vision is. It, they're, they're caring for the orphans, but they've incorporated it with education and a, um, a medical facility as well. And it's not just the orphans, it's for each community around the orphanage that Core Love is making that kind of impact. I mean, it's a wonderful ministry. And we were just desperately wanting to go, go see it. But to be honest, I was also a little nervous because I had my wife, I had my youngest daughter, I had my, uh, which is now our business officer... <laughs> In the ministry, Sherry Dobbs, and and I'm and 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 so I've got people that I'm also responsible for. It's not just Walt Landers, you know, in the jungles of Chiapas, <laughs> down in the rural area of India. You know, uh, believe me, I got some stories. <laughs> Be praying, you know. Abraham has got the missions conference coming up, the banquet. Some of you want to want to be a part of that. Please let us know. Um, but they finally said, hey, we, we, we had a, a uh, I mean, they've got like intel going. And they're like, we think that we've got a clear shot to get to the, to the orphanage, but we got to go like now. And so we go out, the ladies get in, the, in this big, tr it's a big truck, you know, with a big, like a dump bed nearly, but it's a hauler of, I guess, probably food and people or whatever. And uh, all the guys are in the back. The, it's, two, it's, a, it's a double cab. The ladies were all in the, in, the, in the cab. And boom, out we go. And as we're going, there is all kinds of barricades, roadblocks. Um, and again, the, the, the place is on fire. And we're getting all the way through there. And we finally get to this one. And, and, and believe me, they have this one dude, this Haitian, that that was riding shotgun in the truck. 
that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, he's a big, bad-looking dude. And when he would get out and get in those guys' faces, it's amazing what they were willing to drag out of the way to let us go. <laughs> I don't know if he was talking about Jesus or not, but he was saying something that was scaring the devil out of them. <laughs> and we just kept going. And we finally get up this one, and they have, they have cut a trench across the road, and they have these steel plates where they're standing up in the, in the trench. So you're not crossing without some support or help. And in that one, all of a sudden, there's some pushback. And we're up there, and we're looking around, and these Haitians are picking up rocks. And I ain't talking about no, like, you know, I'm talking about rocks. And we're in the back of this truck. Come on, how many know if you don't have a prayer life, you develop one real quick? <laughs> we, we started praying. And, man, this dude, he, he literally, he, he grabs this guy, puts his finger in his face, and, and makes him go over and help, helps drop that, pull that plate up and drops it across. The rest of them are standing there with their rocks. And this dude has put the plates across, and he's blah, letting them have it, gets in the truck, and we drive on through. But in that moment, I was like, okay, God, did you really call me to come do this? Did I pray enough? <laughs> but I knew. And when we arrived at that orphanage, wow. The impact that it had on me personally, but on my family, on my team, on our church, on those other pastors that were there with us. You know, I, we've, we've got a lot of law enforcement that's a part of our, our church there in San Angelo, and when all of that was going on at the border there at Del Rio, some of our law enforcement was down there, and a large part of that, that migrant group was, was Haitians. And I had, had one of them just sharing how uh, aggressive they were, how uh, disrespectful, how, and they were just, just kind of describing that. And I said, if you only knew, the conditions of what they have lived in in Haiti. Because basically, in my assessment, only the strong survive. It's horrible. And you come back and you realize just how blessed we really are. How fortunate we are. but how much we should also give and bless others. Jesus talks about the storms of life. I'm not going to read it, Luke chapter 6, 46, because if you build your life upon the rock, which he says is the word of God, of hearing and obeying God's word, that you'll endure the storms of life. If you know that you're in the will of God, and I, I, I came to grips with, I knew that I knew. It, it, it shifted things for me. When you really find that place and you know that you're in the will of God, it, it, will, it will turn that situation. 
where your faith is where it needs to be. But the second thing is we all have to resist fear. Fear is a spirit that is, it, it, it is, it is attacking and working. I don't know about you. If, 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 have you ever felt like that? Okay, let's, let's just go real simple. You, you kind of get this little urging like you're, you're supposed to maybe share your faith with someone. And if you don't ever have that urging, are you listening? Are you even open to it? Or has fear already ripped that from you? But how many have ever felt that and then, then all of a sudden, well, they're going to think you're a nut. They're going to they're think, you know, and your mind all of a sudden can start coming up. Where do you think that so many of those thoughts and those things can come from? The spirit of fear is a real thing. And that's why I believe that Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 6 and 7, a little more in this. says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he wanted, he wanted this young minister to, to, to recognize you've got to stir up the gift. You can't be passive. You've got to stir up that thing on the inside. That if you're a born-again Christian and you've been called by him to make an impact in the world in the sphere of influence that he's placed you in, that all of a sudden you stir that thing up on the inside of you. Why? Because God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And if you've ever been in a battle, a serious one, the enemy is going to come try to sit on your shoulder and tell you how bad it is, how God's not going to come through, how that was... I'll never forget when we were in Central Texas pastoring. Erica had gone through um, uh, cancer treatment, and and uh, she was six years old at that time. And we'd battled through that, and they didn't expect her to live. And 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 she had come through it on the other side of that, and done you know her chemo, done radiation, and um, and then we had done a lot of holistic things in conjunction with that changed to a real healthy lifestyle and living and certain things that we were doing on our part as well. But with that, you get on the other side of that and, and what they say with, with cancer. That's why it's such a powerful thing of hearing that testimony, J.D. having that port removed. That means those doctors really do believe that he's, he's out of the woods, per se, that you get some distance in that. And Erica had just come through that. The church in San Angelo, I, they had reached back out. The senior pastor had left. And they, they had asked me to come and be their senior pastor. They had, you know, I'd already accepted the job. So we're moving from Central Texas where all the support, all the health care, everything for Erica is, is just, I don't know if you've ever had any kind of situation where you've built almost a network of, of doctors, of care, of what that's like and then all of a sudden we're leaving all of that and 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 I and um if I remember correctly Joanne can correct me she will too <laughs> she's the high C she details <laughs> they were still back I had already been in San Angelo and I get a phone call that they had 
on x-ray seen another like a spot on Erica's lung which with the type of aggressive cancer that she was had battled through especially in soft tissue in the lung it can just and they're like we see a spot it's concerning we're going to have to do an MRI get a good picture of this thing blah 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 and I remember getting in the vehicle and driving and and I just remember the battle and the war that was going on in my mind and just told you it's going to come back told you it's going to come back told you you should have never taken this pastor job you should have never moved away you should have I mean just all these different things just and finally <laughs> I'm driving and I remember I just said devil shut up I take a 40 over you. It's a lie. I know I'm in the will of God. I know God's called me to do this. And that spirit of fear, you're not going to have any place in our lives. And we just stood and resisted that thing. Here's the thing. What I have learned, you can't battle thoughts with thoughts and really get true breakthrough and victory. I think it's significant that Jesus rose and he spoke to that storm. He said something. What I have found when I've got thoughts raging out of control with fear, with doubt, with all those kinds of things, I need to say something. I respond in some way. That's that's why I love that song. This is how I fight my battle. Sometimes it's you, you get your praise on. Just go ahead. Just crank it up. And just start letting it out. And you sing of the victories of God. And you sing of the, the awesomeness of who He is. And you begin to make those declarations. See, those are faith declarations that you begin to do. And the last one is... Do what you can do. See, I honestly believe, as as powerful as this was, as willing as Jesus ultimately was to to come out of that, he didn't just stay in the boat, you know, up there sleeping. It's like, yeah, y'all take care of it. (laughs) Right? I don't know about you. I'm glad that when I am thinking, I'm perishing, (laughs) that he's still willing. That's his heart. He's bailed me out plenty of times. <laughs> but he's also desirous that, that I would mature enough to start doing something. They didn't even pray. There's no, it's like, at least give it your, your best shot, guys. Come on. I mean, you've been trained by Jesus. And their, their first response was just, we're going to die. Oh, and how many of us have been there before? And Jesus is wanting us to exercise our faith. He's wanting us to do whatever we can do. What is that? <laughs> Maybe it is just, you know what? I'm going to turn on some praise music. I'm just going to worship him. Maybe it is getting alone in a place of prayer. 
Maybe it is fighting that, speaking the word of God and bringing those thoughts captive to obedience. Whatever that is, I believe he's looking for us to do our part. And the reality is that's the only way we're going to grow is when we start doing something in this. He's given us his blood. Think about that. See, it's not about us measuring up. So if the devil's lying to you and you're going, you know, he's not going to answer that prayer. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, you done messed up again. Right? That kind of condemnation is from the devil. You begin to move back into that place of saying, it's not my righteousness, it's his righteousness. It's but by the blood of Jesus. And you begin to stand in that place by his blood that you have confidence now. And if you're doing something stupid, repent. (laughs) Just turn away from that. And just get in that place because your conscience is vital. Having a clear and good conscience, go through the Bible. It's vital. The Holy Spirit is working with us in our conscience to help us continue to move from one level of faith to the other, from one level of growth to the other in the maturing process. And so we've got to, we've got to move into that place. He's given us His name, the name of Jesus. There's victory in the name of Jesus. Now, I will say this. It's not just, and I know I need to wrap up here, but some of you are going to get a breakthrough right here. Because it's not that you're just given a tagline on your prayer. When Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it for you. I mean, that's like a blank check, right? That's why we would look at it. Wow. But if, we re- if you really study that and you go into that, in my name has to do with in representing who I am. Are you being Jesus in that situation? Or is there some selfishness in that prayer that you're just going to pray in Jesus' name because that's what you want? No, is it representation of Jesus? And I believe if it's representing Jesus, His heart, His love, His compassion, and you're making those declarations, you have the support of heaven backing you up. Amen. Because if we'll do our part, God is faithful to do His part. Amen. I just, I don't think that it was a coincidence that even the, the, the songs, Pastor Lane, what a word, of just setting this service up and where we're at and with the message that I, I just felt to bring, I, there's some things that I believe God wants to bring you through or prepare you for so that you're going to be able to move through that life storm with a whole different approach than what you have in the past. 
I want you to just close your eyes just for a moment. If there's someone here and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to I address that right now before we move any further. If that's you and you, you, you say, Pastor, or maybe you, you know, you're a Jonah, you're a prodigal son, you, you've, just, you've, you've not where you need to be in your walk with God. But it was no accident, no coincidence that you're, you're here today. And God is reaching out to you in a fresh way to bring you back to himself. Because, see, it's really about this relationship. That's the first and foremost. It's not about him just giving us a job to do. He desires for, for us to have this place of intimacy and in this loving relationship that he desires. And so if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or you would like to do that in just a fresh way this morning, making this a profession of faith, of, you know what, I'm, I'm coming home. I want us to all just pray this out loud. We're just not here to embarrass anybody. But if that's you and you say, I want to I pray this, I'm going to invite everyone to pray it. Those of you that need to pray this, whether for the first time or to rededicate your life, I want you to just pray with such meaning. Let this, let this just be your prayer personally. I'm going to lend you some words, but you do this personally. Let's everyone pray this out loud together. Let's help these that might pray this for the first time. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to pay the price, the penalty for my sin, of all of my failures, all my shortcomings. I ask Jesus to forgive me. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. And help me to live for you all the days of my life. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed just right now, just, just a moment. If you're in this place and you really feel that this word is, is just so stirred you today, what, what Pastor Lane brought in just that, that place of exercising some faith and for your healing and for, for God to, to do some things, to give you that breakthrough for, for yourself or even for a loved one, someone else. That was on your heart today. I want you to just in a fresh way say, God, you know. God, you know. And if you didn't act on that earlier, why not right now say, God, I respond what you want to do in my body in my mind in my life in my loved one I respond to do my part I thank you for that Father seal this word in our hearts and lives seal this in our hearts and lives let it be that when if you ask us where is your faith that we're able to say it's in you. <laughs> Lord, it is in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand. Let's worship.